What's good, everybody? We got another Miami podcast coming at you this week. This time, Ben Bader. Don't get it confused with Ben Bader from last week, but Ben Bader, he's crushing it in the online space, has an agency, is popping on Twitter, a little bit of TikTok too, and uh, really good conversation with him talking about his journey and his goals and living in Miami and everything like that. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're gonna have another one coming out Wednesday, two episodes a week now. And uh, yeah, like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you guys in the next one. So we just did Ben Mader. With an we're in, M. We're in Ben Mader's apartment, but we're with Ben Bader. How does that? That's does wild. That it's like you just misspelled one of our names. Like you like clicked the wrong thing on the keyboard. <laughs> wrong button. <laughs> but no, dude. It's uh, I've known you for shit like two or three years now. Been a couple trips together. Always been uh, keeping in touch, and it's good to sit down. How you doing? Totally, bro. I'm good. Everything is everything is good. Three oh five. Yes, sir. How's Love your BBL? Miami. How many BBLs have you bought since uh, you moved to Miami? Only seven. Okay. Um, there's like a few that are like they're pending, but you know, it, it takes a minute to see if the girl is qualified enough to get the BBL. So you're an ass guy? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, there's plenty of everything in Miami. Like, Definitely. Miami's fun though, bro. Like this is such, I, I'm sure Boston's like a similar way, but there's so many people that are um, just like young, doing cool stuff and, and building different things. And like, I can't step outside without seeing people that I see on the internet. Like whether it's other people that have podcasts or the other day I was at Gecko and I was standing at the bar um, waiting for the table. And across from me, I see this, this tall dude who looks a lot like John Wall. And I'm like, why would John Wall be? Like, I, but he's retired now, right? You know, he's not, he's not in the league. And then it was hundred percent John Wall. Like he was talking on the phone really loud and it was, he was talking about basketball. And then um, I went and sat down and the tables at Gecko, it's like you're all sitting at one table together. Like they're so fucking close together. And I'm sitting there and to my left, there's like these two guys and I see the guy across from me like that, that way. Um, and he's wearing like this cool Daytona, this, this Rolex. And I was like, oh, like that's a sick watch. And I look over to my, like directly to my left and it's Johnny Manziel. Like, no way. No way. <laughs> it was just his birthday. I think it's today. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, down here. He follows us. On really? Club. Yeah. Fire. We had his boy QB Stew on. You know, you ever seen that? The guy that uh, sparked up a joint in the middle of a football game? Huh. He was, was in like the fan control the football clip. league. And then that was like a like lower than the XFL. But these guys are, you know, great guys. And the then teams were owned by like Quavo, like Destroying, all these like celebrities. Hilarious. Menory owned one. And yeah, fucking QB Stew was in it. Manziel was playing in it. And QB Stew, like he was like the best quarterback in the league. He was tearing it up. And he throws like, what was it? Three touchdowns in the game. Or no, he threw his first touchdown in the game. And then he goes over to the camera to like destroying the YouTuber and pulls a joint out of his pants, sparks up in the middle of the game. Then he has to go play. And That's he like hilarious. throws another like three touchdowns. That's hilarious. And Dude, he, I had friends in high school. I probably shouldn't say this on the internet, but whatever. Like I had friends in high school that would get high before our basketball games. And like they were, they would go out there and play better high, honestly. It was craziest thing. I don't know how, like I'd freak out. So you went to a pretty big basketball high school. I did for my uh, for my freshman year. Um, Where it was you from? like I'm from Cincinnati. Okay. So I went to the school my freshman year called Moeller, um, and you know Jackson Hayes, if you know him, and then Miles McBride, who plays on the Knicks now. We were all dude. It's actually crazy. Like I, I knew they were good, 
but I didn't think either of them. I don't think anybody thought either of them were like league good back then, and they just fucking took off, bro. One uh, of the things like knowing you and like knowing kind of your journey, but also like you always talk about it. Like basketball was your first passion. That, totally. that was like what you wanted to do. You wanted to be a pro basketball player, yeah. and then you kind of realized that, that wasn't that I'm five ten. Yeah, white. <laughs> but, like so. So what was that? You know, growing up like that, and then like transitioning into the business world. What was that like? Yeah, I think. Um, I think getting obsessed with anything is like the biggest blessing that you can have because it's gonna like that, that obsession, that passion for something, it has to kind of transmute into something else eventually. Um, and if it doesn't, those are probably the types of people that like are just really lost or get addicted to, to drugs or alcohol or something. Um, so like, luckily I was able to kind of parlay that into business and into like, and even the process of business is like, you kind of have to get obsessed with, self-improvement as corny as that sounds um so like i i was able to parlay it in, into that and then um like moving out of basketball i think life will give you signs when you're like ready to move away from something um so at that point it was like it was my junior year of college or of high school i realized that like okay like i'm not going to the league i'm not going d1 i'm not going to the league um and it, it was like the answer was just obvious i was like all right i'll, I'll do something else and then for like probably two, three years, I was kind of lost because like you're looking for your next passion, right? Um, but then I started videography and then I was doing like the e-com ad creative. Bro, that's crazy. Like that's when we first met, that's probably what I was Dude, doing. Dude, what was and, it? Like Bade product, projects? Bade projects, yeah. And you were just like, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like that was like your first, that was the bridge from like sports because you had the trainers that you knew, the like sports connections. Totally to doing something creative and like starting a business around it right yeah 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 um and right i was just like all right i'll fucking pick up a camera young gibson and, like, hazard out, out dude here. he was a dog <laughs> i remember I would, I would watch his videos and be like i'm i'm like this is my thing yeah but that's also interesting you know like everything that you do you're at one point you're probably like this is like what i'm meant to do this is the thing that that i want to do with the rest of my life and then usually that doesn't end up like that but if you can keep kind of finding those things that you want to put all of that passion into i think that's how you like just keep staying on the right track um but it went from videography to for sports and then i was just doing like freelance video and then i was doing the e-com ad creatives and then i tried drop shipping um and then that's when i started the the agency for basketball trainers i was running a marketing agency for like local basketball trainers um, where I would just run their, their Facebook lead gen ads and like try and help get them more clients. So I was doing that for probably a year and a half. Um, and then that led me, I kind of built like a little personal brand in the basketball training space. So I started working with the guys that were selling um, info products in basketball. And then I learned all about info. And then I started working with guys that sell courses and coaching and all the people that are like, you can make money online doing xyz what about the lavar ball hooper, hooper <laughs> media video that's hilarious the on, on cameo that you can just do that like that was a i paid 500 dollars for a lavar ball cameo on but on, didn't that do like that that was a really good creative for you right yeah i was running ads to that actually i totally forgot about that but like yeah so what, exactly, started, what exactly happened there i'm not familiar with this so story. there's this uh there's this site called cameo where right. like anybody that has a little bit of clout or notoriety can go and sign up and um, basically sell like a video of them. Like if you wanted to get a happy birthday to Aaron, you could have LeVar Ball or Floyd Mayweather. I don't know, people, somebody yeah. like Floyd, like whoever, some people like that, like make a video like, yo, Aaron, happy birthday. Um, so it was like 500 bucks to get LeVar Ball to 
to like shout out your business. So I did that. And then I was, I don't think you're allowed to do this. I was putting, well, and to your business it. at the time, like explain a little bit of what, so that was the, the basketball trainer marketing mm -hmm. agency. Um, and so like, obviously everybody in basketball is going to know LeVar, especially a couple of years ago. Like he was really even biggest more thing relevant on the internet. Then. Um, so I did that. And then I was running ads to get clients using that as a, as an ad creative. Um, and like that, that worked. I mean, and you I, just put the Hooper Media logo right over Cameo's watermark. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just goes like Hooper Media, Hooper Media. <laughs> listen up, man. <laughs> no, that's great. This is a hilarious video, bro. It, it's funny that you, I, I've seen people do that with like Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Mm. Um, and then, bro, now with all of the AI shit, Theo Vaughn, like, Joe Rogan, like the podcast. Yeah, and those are like fake, bro. Like, there's. There are people that are like running like sex pills that are selling sex pills and shit like that, that are using these like black hat kind of tactics with their ads. And like, obviously there's restrictions, but you can find ways to get around them. And I'm sure they're fucking printing. And like all of the copy is like so hard salesy direct response. Like I saw, um, do you know Alpha M? No. Do you know Alpha M? He's got a big YouTube channel. Um, it's like a, he's like a men's self-improvement okay. kind of guy. I, I might've seen him before. Um, but I saw him in a in an ad on it was either either Facebook or YouTube where he was talking about like this dick enlargement pill, <laughs> and like it was he I don't think he was actually talking about the pill. I think they like took a clip from him talking in one of his videos and just like clipped it up and then maybe used AI with his voice um, to get him to sound like he was talking about that product. And I'm sure they're printing, but that's fucking crazy to me like the the ai shit is wild is there a lot of that in miami like guys doing in in the ai space and like um probably i just because all of my immediate closest friends are like they were not really doing You're much with ai with a bunch of robots um yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of people that are doing like some some sketchy shit i will say that um like i know plenty of people that i don't want to get into the details but like they're they're running e-com brands that are are sketchy they're using really sketchy tactics to sell products and and make money and like to each their own i, I don't think i could live with myself that's how i was making money because i feel like it's an easy way out like if you, you can cheat the system sure and you can make a lot of money doing it but like you're always going to have the anxiety of like what happens if this blows up what happens if i get caught and if you just found a glitch in the in the system are you really building real skills that you can parlay into the next thing i don't know um but those are usually the people that you see that are driving around in Lambos and rented. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> or that, that's where their tax money went. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you transition from like Hooper Media to like a more, to just a larger space? Um, so because I started working with like DJ Sackman, if you know him, and uh, Jordan Lawley, uh, Gannon Baker, um, we did, worked a little bit with Michael Lancaster. Like these are all the big basketball trainers that, that have bigger personal brands. Um, so I started working with those guys and I was just doing like everything for them. I was building their funnels. I was running ads. I was writing emails. Um, and that just like, I was, I was making good money at the time, but it was, it was almost like a little internship where I was just doing so much and learning so much. Um, and then once I was at a point where I was like, okay, I really understand how to write copy. I understand how to build funnels and, and just how to sell digital products and info products online. Um, I was like, all right, there's more opportunity if I don't just stay in the, the basketball space. Um, 
so I just, I like I had Twitter at the time. I still had a decent network and I just started reaching out to people that were like in my immediate network, um, seeing if we could, or seeing if I could just do the same kind of thing, whether it was running their ads or building a new funnel or writing their emails. Um, and those are people that are selling like, here's how to make 10K a month online in high ticket sales or copywriting or Amazon FBA. Um, we've had a bunch of dating coaches recently that we've worked with as well, which is always funny. Um, but yeah, it's... Do you think starting in the basketball space was like a little bit... Well, you were kind of a pioneer in that space, right? Uh, like there was not too many other people doing what you were doing, which was taking almost a business model from the entrepreneurial online right. coaching space and putting it in this like basketball industry that's like kind of outdated almost, right? Yeah, well, not even outdated. It's just like they weren't used to, to investing in marketing. Yeah. Um, and so like it, it's the same kind of thing that people do in real estate or like with HVAC or like any local business, they all need leads. Um, but nobody, nobody thinks like, all right, let's, let's target broke basketball trainers, which mm -hmm. like in hindsight was probably a dumb move. Um, but what was your original? Well, it was, story? was it a good way for you to learn the fun? It was. That, so that's, that was the value. Like I, maybe I would have made more money if I like did, if I was working with dentists or doctors or whatever other industry that most people that are doing like typical lead gen SMMA do, um, but it was like it was it was a good way to kind of have training wheels on while I was building that business. And like I was talking to people that I that I understood, like I grew up playing basketball. So it was just easy for me to make connections there. And then again, like it, it led to the next thing. And I think that's like the best part of it. Like, yeah, I might have been I might have been able to make more money working in a different industry, but it all ends up working out. And so for the better part of what, the last year and a half, two years? Yeah, a uh, year and a half, I'd say. I've been working just like with the general kind of info products and, and coaching. Um, our biggest wins have come through webinars and like selling products through like actual live webinars. And um, it's fun, bro. Like I, I really enjoy it. I'm able to work with cool people. Like I, I'm able to work with a lot of my friends that are that just happen to, to all sell coaching and info. Um, and yeah, it's. It's, what are some of the biggest like differences in webinars like in 2023 now to like Ty Lopez era? Like yeah, good question. Garage? Honestly, I don't fucking know. Like I think a lot of the principles are are still being used. Like you have like obviously consumers are going to get smarter. So like some of the the scarcity and urgency tactics that might have been like over the top then would just wouldn't work now. Like you can't you probably can't be quite as corny and <laughs> and out there. Um, but like, there's still, there's still principles of marketing and, and sales in general and like psychology that never go away. Um, so I don't really know the difference. Like when webinars were like a big thing when maybe it was, uh, early 2010s or like even five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th I think a lot of the principles have stayed the same and it's just like an efficient mechanism to sell to spend a lot of time with somebody before you you're selling them something. So like to get anybody to buy anything that's a little bit more expensive, they need to do more research. Um, and you need to feel like you, especially if it's information, you need to feel like you have a, a genuine connection with that person that you're buying it from. Um, so the webinar, when you're sitting there with somebody for an hour, hour and a half, and they're telling you how they went from here to there, and they're telling you all about how the business model works and all this kind of stuff, it's like a speed date. And then by the end of that, 
it's like they've known you for longer, so they're they're more inclined to to make a purchase. And most of the time, you're steering the conversation how you want it. Totally. To I mean, every every word pretty much is scripted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like so you you overcome all of their objections along the way. Like you sell them on. Let's say if I was on the webinar, I'd be selling them on myself, like as why I'm the person that they should be learning from and my story, what I've done. I'm selling them on the business model and like how it works, that they understand it. Um, and do they like also they need to know that it's not just like some get rich quick thing that's going to like be gone in in a couple of years. Like people are all these little fears that you kind of have to get over. Um, and then the last thing is selling them on themselves. So like giving them the confidence through showing them that other people have have done it like, yo, this person was in your exact situation in your position. And then boom, they got it in the program. They did this, this and boom, now they're making money. What about that industry and that business like gives you the confidence that that's like a good place for you to be in now, but also looking like forward? How so? Like just as, webinars and info products in, in general and like everything that you're doing with your agency. Yeah, um, I think so for me, like the agency is really just a cash flow vehicle right now, like okay. mainly for for my lifestyle. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm still stacking cash, um, but I, I don't think the agency specifically is going to make me rich. Um, I think it's it, it can serve as the vehicle that helps me find the thing that it's actually going to make me, you know, eight figures eventually. Like um, so. And info products aren't going anywhere. Like, I think I can get the agency to probably 200, 300K a month within the next handful of months, six, six months or so. Um, and, and I do think info is only growing as a whole. Like, people are only buying more and more coaching programs. And there's more and more people that are popping up on TikTok every day. Like, it's so fucking easy, bro. Like, I could I could sell something to my audience on TikTok right now. And I don't, I don't have anything to sell. I just started yapping on the internet because I enjoyed it. Didn't you so, tweet something about that, like, the other day? Bug. Um, like just about like, yeah, about how like I be, I'm, I'm treating my personal brand now almost as like a, that's like my long-term equity play because I, I know eventually like whether I sell info or like, I just, a, a personal brand like that, bro, is just, there's so much leverage that you have. Like you can do anything with it as long as, as long as you have a loyal audience and people that respect you and, and want to learn from you or look up to you. Um, so I think like. Again, with agency as like cash flow vehicle for shorter term and then personal brand, like eventually maybe that that'll be the main thing. Um, but I think like Gary Vee used to always talk about that. And I never really understood it when he would say like everybody should have a personal brand. Like that's that's like your long term play. I didn't really get it until I like started to build mine. And then um, I, you just see all these people that whether they're selling info or like they build a clothing brand or like you see Jake Paul um, with with Prime, right? Like that's a billion dollar company overnight because he has a fucking huge audience. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And obviously, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to Jake Paul level notoriety. I don't think I'd want to, but um, there's still plenty of opportunity at a much smaller scale. Well, and part of the reason for that value, like the billion dollar valuations and stuff is like because and not to knock you or anything, right? But like when he was like a smaller creator, he wasn't selling as much. He was just putting it out. Right. Right. And like you already have that mindset, obviously. Right. To the, it's like, oh, I'm not shit yet, but like, so I'm not going to sell, but I'm just going right. to pour energy and value into my content. Yeah. 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 That's a good point, too. Like, and I'm not not selling coaching, like, because 
I th- I'm like against it morally or anything like that. I just, I think like if I got the cash flow from agency and I don't, I'm not strapped for cash, I could, I could turn around and sell coaching right now. But like, why? I feel like I'd be selling myself a little short. Um, I also, it'd just be a fucking headache. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that right now. Like I see all, like I'm watching all of the, the clients that we work with that, like, it's awesome. They're making a ton of money, but they deal with all these problems on the back end and all these fucking, these students that are, you know, there's just so many moving pieces. It's a whole nother business, a whole nother operation that like is a lot to manage. Um, so yeah, like exactly like you said, I think if, if I just keep building the equity, like eventually it'll be obvious whether it's, it's coaching or something that I can do to, to make money from personal brand. Why do you think that like so many people are coming out with like courses now, but people are continually buying them like years ago? I feel like these courses didn't exist back when you said, you know, Ty Lopez was around, but now everybody in, like has a clone of them. They're putting out basically the same materials in a course. How are there so many customers to like pay for that? Yeah. I mean, there's like, you don't realize how many fucking people there are in the world that want to make, like want to learn how to make money online. Mm-hmm. And I think people like, Tate and Iman Gadji and um, just all of like the really big personal brands. They just indoctrinate more and more people into like, oh, nine to five is bad. Like resist the slave mind, like all that fucking <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> but like there's more and more people that, that get exposed to it. So then the market as a whole grows. And then that creates more opportunity for people that have a few hundred thousand followers to come in and be like, yo, this is a very specific niche business model, like copywriting or sales or drop shipping or whatever. And then it just it just continues to grow and grow. And then there's more people that are making money from it. And then you, they have more results. And then those per- people turn into to coaches as well. It's just like a fucking cesspool almost of, of all of these people that are like do thing to make money, talk about it online, sell thing. And then more and more people do it. It's, it's yeah, it, it just spirals. And there's I think there's endless opportunity with it. Obviously, there are people that, that sell courses that suck, like that they're just not legit um and i think like if you if you've never actually had like real long-term success with the business model it it, there's plenty of people that are selling courses on something like that it's just but a lot of the time people can see through that i will say like people love to hate on courses but the the good ones stick around the bad ones don't like so how do people like find good courses that you know just aren't necessarily people regurgitating Amon Gatsi and Andrew Tate's information? Like what should they be looking for? Um and yeah. how do you put that information out to your audience, I guess? Yeah. Um well I think that comes down to like how how well they resonate with the creator. Like let's say you wanted to teach people how to how to start a freelance videography business and make ten grand a month, like if you started talking on TikTok about like, all right, here's what I did to get my first client. Here's what I did when this happened and I don't know how to use the aperture correctly and whatever, you know? Um, so like you can kind of see how genuine somebody is through their their content that they're putting out for free. And then if they, if they have a good track record, if they've like told a lot about their story and their own results and they have case studies, you can kind of see like, okay, this person clearly did what they said they did. There's clearly people that bought their thing and it's working and they're getting results. Um, and it seems like somebody that would be, that would be good to learn from, but like the people that are just like super flashy lifestyle marketing, 
Um, unless that's just like top of funnel to get more eyeballs in. A lot of the time, those people, like if they don't have a story, if they can't say, okay, here's exactly how I did X, Y, Z and how I made money doing it. Like that's most people are going to see through that though. Um, so yeah, again, it just comes down to like the, the credibility that you're able to build up with, with the personal brand. And if if people really trust you, then there's a reason for that. And is that why like you've kind of like you built your business first and then you've kind of waited to start sharing your information to your following? Totally. Like I always wanted to like be behind the camera or I guess in front of the camera. Where are you behind or in front of the camera? I guess we're in front of the we're camera. We're in front of it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've always wanted to like make content and I would watch YouTubers like fucking Arlen. Like that's basically how yeah. we met is through Arlen. somebody like Arlen. Yeah. Um, and I'd look at those people and be like, oh, I want, I want my life to be like that. Uh, but it took me a while to be in a position where like I had anything to talk about. I was somebody worth listening to. Mm-hmm. And then once I did shit, I was like, oh, I, I can, I'll talk about my journey and shit that I've learned along the way. And it resonates with some people. And then uh, some people love to hate me in my <laughs> fucking TikTok comments and talk shit. But what was it like, to, like filming that first TikTok video? Because, I mean, you had a TikTok account. You'd post whatever other videos on, on there. But like the first one where you sat down, you're like, I'm ready to start talking about stuff and then like creating uh, was there any like mental, just like anything going on in your head at that point? Um, I don't think there was ever like a moment where I was like, okay, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it hit me after I thought it, it would have like, cause I think in, for the longest time I was like, all right, well, once I'm making 10, 20 K a month, I'll like start making content. And then I, after a while I was, I was making decent money. And then I was like, wait, I, I haven't been making content the way I said I would. That's like a lot of things, right? Like you, you say you're going to get to a level and then you're going to start doing something else that you really wanted to do. And then you don't do that thing until you realize that you already achieved whatever arbitrary milestone you set. And then you didn't actually do the thing that you wanted to do in order or like once you got there. Um, so I, I just, I think I, I don't know when I made my first TikTok or like when I, what made me decide to even start talking shit other than the fact that it was just something. Well, you were already on Twitter very active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter and Twitter has been so fun. And like, that's how I met everybody that I, that I live with in Miami. Like that's fucking sick, bro. Like it's just opened so many doors. So like I say, I don't make money from my personal brand and I don't, but it makes me connections that make me money. Um, so I think, yeah, with, with Twitter and then I, I remember I was so fucking bad at, in the beginning on talking on video. Like my videos were so fucking cringy, bro. And like I, my face would be positioned weird and I, like, I just look retarded. <laughs> and then like it, I got better and better. And then eventually I think like once I had a couple videos do decently well, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like it's just so much fucking so much dopamine that's just instant like. You refresh 99, 99 likes, 99 likes, and you're like, what the fuck? The TikTok dopamine cycle is insane. It's absurd. Like it fries my, whenever I have a video go viral, my brain is fried for the you next You don't get week. anything done for the next week. week Cause yeah. I'm just fucking checking that shit <laughs> all day. What a, <laughs> that was like girl. the Emiliano Vargas video we got. Oh, yeah. We got like twenty, we got like a quarter million views on it within a few days. Uh-huh. And I remember I was just checking it constantly, constantly, first one constantly. That, yeah. The yeah. first one that blew up. Well, and then and then you're getting like girls in your DMs too, right? Dude, that's the best part about it. Like, oh yeah, I want to make personal brand to fucking make money and blah blah. blah. No, like, you get girls like that are that are that'll come from TikTok and then slide in, in Instagram DMs. And my God bless TikTok, bro. It shows your your videos to people that are like local to you in Miami. 
and that's perfect. It's you just like, look out. You look out. Oh, hey, what's up down there? It's also the coolest thing when you're out like with your boys or with a girl and somebody's like, yo, are you Ben? I, I've seen you on TikTok. That's the coolest shit ever. And you're like, yo, can you say that a little louder? Like right in front of this, this person that I'm with. And like, you know, if you, if you want a picture, like, oh, fucking, <laughs> I'll get a picture with you. I'll sign an autograph. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there, a lot of, like a lot of clouds kind of like having a little, obviously I don't have a ton of clout, but having a little clout is fun. Like you can't deny that. It's a, it's a sick feeling. What about like, well, I feel, so I feel like Miami is like very used to that. Like you, you're not like people are just kind of like, it's a normal thing to like have a big TikTok or something, mm-hmm. but like in a different city, like you're that guy that makes TikTok videos. You're the guy that like kind of an outcast. Right. Yeah. Did in Miami, it's like everybody's like, fucking doing normal, it. Right. And I walk, I'll, I'll leave my apartment to go to dinner and I'm walking down the street, like where Moxie's is and I'll see one person doing street interviews like 10 feet down it's another person doing street <laughs> interviews then i pass somebody that i've seen on tiktok and then it's like the the fresh and fit guys and like who's that guy on tiktok that's like always in brickle and he's just kind of like a very like outgoing dude but he's just like always on the street he's he's in that job a little bit i think so das yeah. das yeah. Yeah, alberto yeah. You know, um, you know, yeah, we we talked a bit. He's fucking hilarious, uh, but he's like <laughs> that kid's insane. I love him. Um, he's just so like friendly. He's like a golden retriever, bro. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a homie. Like, you ever partake in the street interviews too, or I've been in some. Yeah. Um, with you know Escocito Tequila. Yeah, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I've been in a couple of theirs, and those were actually those were so fun. Like I, I I do enjoy doing content like that because it's just like different, and I'm just like I don't know able to be. A, a retard like i had this they have this viking of a woman her name her name's gabby she's such a sweetheart but she's like six one and we're doing a street interview and i look she's wearing heels bro i look like i'm five three oh, no. like it, it's horrible Le- that's why your league dreams are out the window literally <laughs> um and she asked me uh what was it was it, it was maybe was it red flags and no it was something about about women and um, I told her how, like, when I go out, I, I look for, like, the largest, strongest woman I can find to because I want to build, like, a like a team of NFL babies. <laughs> and I just, like, went on this, like, 30-second little ramble about that. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's no point there. But, like, that, it's just fun. Yeah, and that woman was really large. <laughs> Not, like, big, but, like, tall. So, like, when, when you post on TikTok, I mean, I feel like a lot of your videos are meant to kind of, like, drive conversation and like two that come to mind are the one and you're like hey, you guys like you can't be sitting around on Sundays just like watching football like you gotta grind like you're not gonna actually wear another grown man's name on the back of your uh-huh. and then you just pan to a Joe Burrow jersey <laughs> but yeah. then but then our favorite one is guys like you're not successful in life unless your wife can lose 20k a month on a business yeah so like is there ever like anything that like you've like recorded on TikTok and then you're like ah, I can't I can't post that I have a few in the draft <laughs> So that I'm just like ah, that's that's like a little. I went a little too far, but I, did I or did I not? Like those are probably the videos that would like actually do well. So part of it is like getting over that fear, right? Um, but for those two in particular, I think there's like an art to making people wonder, like, yo, is this guy serious? Because like obviously in the the video about um, having a wife that runs a little <laughs> Pilates studio that loses 20k a month, like I'm half joking, half. But like I'm not a little. That would like, be a nice luxury to have if you're maybe a little less than yeah. half. Right. Yeah. Like I would love it. I would love to eventually have a wife that, that then you'd be an investor in a Pilates studio. Yeah. And it's a write off. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, you're kind of like, people will comment and like and watch the video all the way through if you can just like elicit a, a strong emotion. Like, so if if they strongly disagree with it, like they're going to watch that entire video because they're like, this, this fucking, this, he's, he's belittling women, um, whatever. And then like the same thing with the, the Joe Burrow one. If you're the type of person that's watching football on Sundays and you enjoy doing that, and I fucking do, obviously, uh, you're watching that entire video. And then at the end, I show the, the <laughs> Joe, Bur <laughs> the Joe Burrow picture that I have. Um, so yeah, I think your original question was like, is, is there, is there's definitely going too far? Like, I don't, I don't want to ever get gimmicky. Like I see some of the streamers, bro. Mm -hmm. like, you, do you guys see the streamers? I see the clips on TikTok. And okay. Stuff. Like, I don't want to name names, but like you, name you names, know, name names. <laughs> you know, the guys I'm talking about, right? Like, <laughs> a lot of them live here. Like, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and uh, did you see, oh, so like Zerka got in a fight recently like that. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, they're just doing clown shit, bro. Yeah. Like. I don't know why they they just, they just go too far. And well, that's like, all they they only have the views. That's like they don't have something outside of that that's like supporting their lifestyle. Right, and then I think like you're especially with content, it's like hard to stay relevant for a long mm -hmm. time. Like I can think of a hand people, a handful of people that have like Gary Vee's been around for a while. Granted, I never see his videos anymore, but I'm sure he still has a big audience. And but he it definitely peaked. Maybe eventually he'll return to that that level. But like Gary Vee. Grant Cardone, um, Tony Robbins, like there's a handful of people that have had a really big personality in the online space for a long time. And I think it's, you're going to have ebbs and flows and like the streamers just like if they event, if they had a ton of clout at one time and it like all gets to their head and then they notice that their views are dropping and they're not maybe not making as much money. It's like, oh my God, I just got to get crazier and crazier and say more outlandish things. Like that's, that's dangerous, bro. That's a slippery slope. Have you found yourself like having to uh, worry about like portraying a certain image or like filtering yourself for the business side that might not be on TikTok? Or do you kind of just stay an open book and like when you meet Ben, this is who you meet and like, you know who you're meeting? Yeah. Um, so for business, not anymore because like all of the clients that I work with are people that are like our age and that are homies and that a lot of, like, I think it helps me um, just because then they know who I am coming into like yeah. before we even work together. Um, so, but in the past a little bit, and I think you, you just learn how to, as you go throughout life, you learn how to filter yourself less and be more of yourself. Um, and then doing that on the internet is like a, another thing as well. But as far as like trying to hold back what I'm, what I'm saying online for business, I don't feel the need to do that because like, it's not like I'm working with insurance agents or, <laughs> or dentists or lawyers. Like I'm working with homies that are probably, they probably think the same way that I do anyway. Of course. Yeah. It just makes you more realistic, relatable. Right. No, that's good. And like, yeah, I, I could just care less. If, if, even if it loses me business now, I, I, I don't care. Like we've got plenty of people that, that want to work with us and there's always going to be more and more opportunities. Like, I feel like for you, like throughout your journey, I've always admired like you as a creator and like creative. Um, and you know, you're creating a lot of TikTok content. Now you used to make videos, but then also like writing has been like a big thing yeah. and skill set of yours. And like, I get, I get your emails all the time. Do you? Like, your tweets are like always good. And like, obviously copywriting has been a part of your business for, you know, the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. How did you develop that skill and like touch on the importance of, of writing? Yeah, bro. I've always, I've always loved writing. 
um, even in school, like whenever I would, it would be rare, but if I would get like a subject that I actually liked writing about, I, I would write the hell of a paper. Um, so I just like, I, I think I started journaling, I think is, is really where it started. Like I was journaling, I was writing some emails and then tweeting like those three things that were mainly just for myself. Like it's, it's like free therapy as like, instead of going and talking to somebody like, Oh, here's how I'm feeling. And these are my problems. It's you get to do that on paper with yourself and you just get to close all these tabs that are open in your brain. Like, all right, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? Like what's going on in my life that I'm excited about? What's going on that's, that's stressing me, whatever. Um, and I think on Twitter, like that's been, that's been a lot of fun because it, it's also, it's the combination of that. Like you're doing it for yourself, but you also get, some validation from other people when like you have tweets that that do well or people that when people reply and they really like my emails like that's sick when when i say something and it really resonates like, that's just a good feeling um and i think a, a big part of that also is just like you learn that the things that are more personal to you are usually more universal to other people so like a really niche observation that you make can if it's like something that other people have always thought, but they never really articulated never talked about. Yeah. It. Like those are commonly the things that do really well. Um, and then for the newsletter, like I've just, I really enjoy that. Uh, I, and, and copywriting for like the, the copy that we write for clients, just the skill of writing is so important, bro. Um, like that's why copy is why people buy stuff. And I started, I think I, I honed that skill when I was like doing uh, videography because I was like, in e-com ad creatives. Like I, I would, I'd put copy on those videos. Cashvertising. Yeah. Like reading Boron letters. Shit, bro. The Boron letters is still one of my favorite books. Have you read that one? Yeah. Because um, that's it's like, like a very, mass. It's like a massive book for like it no is. reason. Yeah. And then like the pages are huge, but there's not, it's not very dense. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's like, it's, I love the, that style of writing. It's just like very free flowing stream of consciousness kind of feel. Um, and then like, I think it, it allows you to, to work out problems and like find truth. Like, okay, I, I, I think this thing and I feel this way about certain topic, like let's, let's write about it and see what happens. Like that's generally the approach that I take, especially in my, in my newsletter and my emails. It's just like, all right, I'm thinking about this thing. I'm going to start writing about it. And then by the end of that, I usually like come to a conclusion of why I think certain thing. And then it solidifies these ideas and these beliefs that you have in your own mind. When you think through them or you write them out, it, it solidifies that. So then when I'm talking to somebody and, and a topic comes up, you know, when you're talking to somebody and they just like, you can tell they've thought about whatever it is before. Like sometimes I'll be talking to Sanjay and we have like kind of two different approaches to like relationships right now and like Phil, if someone and, doesn't know who Sanjay is so Sanjay is my partner in the agency he lives lives in me in Miami um total homie like just fucking hilarious kid making good money too like killer and we we're in two very different spots when it comes to like dating and relationships right now like he's in a in a situation where he was saying like he, he wouldn't mind if he were to get married in the next few years and then like i just remember the way he explained it to me and like because it sounds crazy to me but then hearing the way he thought about that i was like okay like that makes sense this isn't just like some thing that you heard andrew tate say like 
that that's a big big thing too is like especially now with everybody yapping on the internet myself included you can just hear something that sounds good and accept it as your own belief but you never went through the journey to arrive at that conclusion so it's like it's built on on stilts like so then all of your beliefs are half-hearted you get like 80 percent there and then you don't know how to finish the thought or like actually right. close the the statement out right exactly yeah. i feel like there's a good analogy that i could think of for that but yeah so i think it just solidifies these things it, it, it makes your perspective more certain um and it's yeah it's just like an, a, a really good way to clear your your thoughts do you see yourself writing a book in the future totally i tell every girl that i that i talk to like they, I, that's one of the first things i tell them because like usually like they they know I'm, I'm on tiktok and then they all just be like talking shit to them and they're like you know you're interested like you should you should write a book and i'm like yeah you know like, one day i'm gonna write, i'm gonna write a book they, they <laughs> <laughs> you're already starting it huh? you should tell them you're already starting it. i should like, you're gonna be in it yeah, actually. Facts. Like, um but yeah i i totally will i at least i say that now um but I, I, I just, I think like, you're kind of doing a disservice to the world if you don't share your gifts with, with other people. And I'm hesitant to say it like that because I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm fucking the best thing on earth. But if you feel like you need to do something and you feel like it, for whatever reason that's, that's calling you, you got to do it. Like you just got to do it because you owe it to yourself. And I think you owe it to, to the universe as a whole. Right. Um, so that's another thing that's just like always been on my mind. Like I want to live a life that's interesting enough to write a really interesting book one day. Is that something you always thought about? Or is that like a realization that you've had in the past couple of years, you know, living here in Miami around like-minded kind of guys? Um, I've always been really creative. Kind of like you, yeah. you said, like you've seen me do a bunch of other shit. Um, and I think it was probably when I was maybe in high school where I was like, I, I'm, I'm really interested in this kind of stuff. Like, that'd be cool to, to write a book one day. But I think innately, I always knew like your life has to be very interesting for you to be able to, to write a good book. Um, cause like really writing, a, being a good writer outside of like, there's, there's copywriting frameworks, there's systems that you need to follow, but being a, a good writer is just like all about perspective. So if I were to sit sit home and just write for eight hours a day, I that wouldn't serve me as much as like me going and experiencing life and then coming and writing for an hour. Like you can only get so good if you just follow frameworks and formulas because like you you just won't have a broad perspective of life. Um, so I think like again, when I was whenever I, I decided like I want to I think I want to write a book one day. I think I innately knew like. Now I have to go. If I want to do that, I have to make my life interesting enough and I have to experience enough to where I'm, again, somebody that, that people should listen to or are worth listening to. So I want to ask you kind of about like success and imposter syndrome and kind of like off of a couple of things you just said, because I think it's I think it's actually like in your pinned tweet, you kind of like write about like, oh, it seems like, uh, you know, I may have made it, but I have my days where, you know, like I doubt myself and it feels like everything's going to be, you know, crumbling down totally and then you said that you know right now like you know the work that you're doing you're making a lot of money but a lot of it's going to like fund your lifestyle and like the cash flow and you're wearing a sixty thousand dollar watch you just bought a <laughs> porsche 911 like you're living in miami like, yeah you're obviously doing okay so like 
Um, and then you also mentioned like, oh, you know, not anybody can just go on TikTok and, you know, like sell a course and not anybody can just go and like write a book and you're humble enough about it where, you know, you say I have had the success, but like, I know that I can give information that is like, would help people and it would be beneficial to people. Totally. So like, what were some of like the milestones and like in business and then just life where you've had kind of like highs and lows and you've realized, oh, you know, I'm doing well now. I'm, you know, long and winded question. But uh -huh. Like, you know, yeah. like, where did you find that balance where, you know, like, I know I'm successful, but I'm not as successful as I want to be. Mm -hmm. And like, I know I'm successful, but like not as successful as some people who are already putting out content. Like, yeah. Uh, it, it's an interesting paradox, right? Right. Because it's like, you're always going to want more and understanding that and accepting that is, is part of the key to, I think, being happy with what you have, but you need to know that you're always going to want more because like that desire is never going to go away because like there's, I think it's, it's human nature to continue to, to evolve. Um, so like throughout my journey, like in the beginning, when you first start out, you're just like, Oh, I want to make 10 K a month. And then I remember getting there and like, it was, it was great, but it, it wasn't like, it's, it's never as good as you build it up to be in your head. Same thing with buying, the watch or even like I just bought my, my Porsche 911 always been my dream car. Um, and like once I, I love it, it's fucking sick, but it's not like, I, I understand that I am buying that thing because I, I really like it. I want to experience it. I I've always wanted it. And I feel like I owe that to myself to, to go and get those things that you've always wanted. But I understand that that's not the thing that's like going to make me feel fulfilled or happy or, or give me any, anything outside of pleasure really. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I have learned that a lot in like many different forms throughout my journey, like whether it's reaching an income milestone or even living in Miami, like you just are continuously reminded that you kind of only have yourself. And if you're not happy when you're in your civic, you're not going to be happy when you're in your, your Porsche. Um, so I think they, a lot of like the, the milestones that you reach there it's kind of delayed to when you realize that you're living in that goal or in that like you dream about your future life you're like okay i want to be living in miami surrounded by this type of people i want to be whatever whatever that looks like for for either of you and then you think about those things and then let's say in a year you get there there's it's never really like a day where you're like oh i fucking made it like this is sick but eventually one morning you're going to like wake up and look around and be like, wait, holy shit. This is literally everything that I, that I was dreaming about a year ago. And I think like in those little instances of, of gratitude, like that's really cool. And you can really appreciate and cherish those times. But again, like I, like I said in that tweet, there's never going to be like some blissful utopia that, that just doesn't exist. And you wouldn't want that anyway, because if you don't have the lows, you're never going to appreciate the highs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good, good question. No, I, was gonna, yeah. I know it's kind of like long and yeah, winded, totally. but I was curious to see where your head was at with that. Kind of hopping on that question, like, what would you say to, you know, a kid sitting in a frat house in Charleston right now, <laughs> or, you know, had just like kind of realized that basketball wasn't like, you know, going to be his career um, and like is, is searching for that that next thing, you know, in this this day and age, maybe not when you were growing up, but, but like right now. Yeah. Um, um, I'd say follow your curiosity. I heard somebody else say this on a podcast, so I'm just going to adopt it. Like, but it's, it's, Wait, it's did you write it down after you heard it, though? Follow your curiosity. <laughs> I, I put it on my mirror. Um, 
but that's that's it bro like that that what got you in the video it was you're like oh that'd be fucking cool like I'll, I'll pick up a camera and see what happens and now you guys are here and now you guys are living the life that you're living like whatever that that curiosity is that's gonna lead you to where you you need to go um but you also have to have the mental fortitude and and the trust in yourself to know that you're not gonna know how it's gonna work out and be okay with that like when you guys started video, you you were like, all right, let's let's try it and see what happens. When you dropped out of college, like I remember, you were like, I didn't go to college. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah when you decided not to go yeah. to college, I remember that was like a big thing. Like totally. But you you had enough trust in yourself to to just take that leap, um, and so I think like we're we're conditioned to want to know every step that's going to be on the staircase, but you're never going to know, and it's the ones that can have enough trust in themselves. To, that are to figure it out when when the problem arises like that's those that's how you actually win that's how you find success you find your passion your calling whatever whatever that is figure it the fuck out like you fitfo it. bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny that <laughs> it, it would be like we're fucking doing uh bows and toes like on on bottle caps like fitfo bro like and now it's now it's on tiktok that's crazy no that's so cool well awesome dude thank you uh thank you so much for coming on totally spitting some game Talking about the content, the TikTok, the business, everything. Anything else you want to just, anything else on your mind? Um, dude, I hate Miami elevators. Okay. That's, that's one thing that's on my mind. Is when I, was, I was coming here. So they're like, that's the inconveniences of Miami. Elevators, traffic, both, with, both vehicle traffic and people. For some reason, like people just, I guess this is everywhere. People lack awareness mm. in general. Like you're, one person taking up a, a whole fucking sidewalk. That's annoying. But without like, those people, everybody would be too smart and then there would be like no smart people, right? <laughs> that's that's the real the world fucking needs ditch red pill. Yeah. <laughs> you need the fucking loser. Like, you know, yeah. We need the Jay Hills of the world. Uh, we won't go there. We love Jay Hill. But uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Miami traffic isn't as bad as like, I don't know. Boston even. Boston, really? Boston sucks. Yeah. The, the only thing about Miami, like the, the roads are kind of small. But they do like they'll have fucking four lanes, but like all of them will still. There's also always construction, mm. and there's always one lane shut down or like yeah, but that, that's it is elevators it is. awareness. Elevators fucking suck. Traffic. Um, the Bengals are are back. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were gone. Well, Burrow, I mean the season's over. They they're not Burr hurt. Yeah, but uh, I'm, so I'm a big Bengals fan, and I like that. That's like my guilty pleasure, honestly. Like I I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed when i tell people like you know i'm like a, i'm a big Bengals fan like it's what about Sunday. basketball you've been watching basketball this year not a ton i've been going to a couple of the heat games the okay. heat games are fucking fun bro and yeah. i realize if you wait till the last second like if you it, let's say the game starts at 7 30 if you buy a ticket at 7 27 you can get the first row for like 500 bucks or like courtside even i, I want to go courtside sometime soon like it'll be, if i wait the last second probably 1500 bucks which is like yeah whatever but like We've oh, both gone to a yeah. couple of Celtics games recently and sat like right. I sat right the first row behind the bench, which like kind of sucks because like the bench is like in the way, but it's like sick. You see Joe Mazzulla like drawing right. up a timeout, uh, drawing up a play, but uh, and then he sat like yeah. second row. Yeah, right behind the Celtics bench or right behind the net. But have you gone to insert in season tournament? There? I went to yeah. I went to the when they played the Wizards. We were right behind the Wizards okay. bench, and uh, the motherfucker Jordan Poole was in. He was. <laughs> In this girl that, that I'm friends with, he was in her DMs. Oh. So I was yapping at him. That's on the awesome. Bench. I was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? That's like, awesome. That's great. 
<laughs> there we go well yeah, awesome that's we a, got a little or before we can say this after yeah. even but uh we have a little trick for like basketball games and stuff so you go on like three minutes before the game like right before the seats like oh we'll say that after probably after yeah all right, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um no anyways dude thank you so much yeah, for coming on it's always great to see you on. i'll uh i'll see you soon probably yes sir and then uh, have a good yeah. weekend for basil this will be posted Thanks, after basil probably but uh hopefully you have a good weekend here fire bro awesome appreciate you guys Thank you.